Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Okay, y'all. I lost my sword, a.k.a. Bible. Not have it. So if you see it, it's floral. Oh, she got it. Rebecca keeps me straight. Okay, I will need it because I am going to speak the word to you today. (laughs) Hi, if you've been here before, I am so sorry. You're probably really confused, as am I. My name is Jessie Salee. I am the worship and media coordinator of Entourage, but tonight I'm giving you a message. And um, I just have to give you the backstory. It's just too good. And Jimmy, you being here is hilarious. And I'll tell you why. So a year, a, a year and a half ago, in end of May-ish, I, uh, for the last like five years, I've had the honor of helping at a kids camp called Camp Bond in North Tishomingo. And this last, not this last May, but the year before last, what is this, 2022? So 2021, about a year and a half ago, I was asked to give like a devotional type thing to the girls at a breakout. And I was obedient and I gave that message and it was great. And then after I gave it, the Lord told me, good job. Now you need to be refined. And I was like, that's what you told me? Like, it was like, was it good? I'm confused. And then I told the Lord, or I told my husband, Jed, after that, uh, after camp, that I think the Lord wants me to refine my speech and how I talk. And my husband said, yeah, you should be refined. I said, oh, thank you. Um, but he did say it in, in loving care. But uh, after that, just a few months after I spoke at camp, I just felt the Lord tell me, Jesse, you're going to speak at Her Virtue, which is the youth girls conference at the church my husband and I attend at, which is Victory Life. And sure enough, April 2022 rolls around, and the youth pastor of the Sherman campus, um, Marco Poloed me. Who knows about that app? Yeah, that's how she asked me. She said, hey, everything good? By the way, do you want to be a speaker? And I'm like, what the? This is the world today. We get asked to speak via Marco Polo, but I did. So I got asked to speak, and I thought, oh, wow. Wow, Lord, that is what you told me. Uh, I am trying to be refined. Well, you can be the judge if I'm refined today. Jimmy, maybe you can. You can remember. Yeah, thank you. And um, so I was obedient, and about a week, two weeks ago, a week ago, we had her virtue, and the Lord deposited in me what to speak to the girls, and it was just awesome. And uh, last month, for some reason, I felt led to ask Sierra to lead the worship in November, and I didn't have a good reason not to lead the worship, so I didn't even tell Paige. I was like, huh, maybe the reason will come up. Maybe I just need to coordinate it, and Sarah needs to come, and I just need to attend. And then three days later, sure enough, Paige texts me and says, all of our team is going to be out on the 8th, 
because we're helping at Josh Bikin campaign. Do you want to speak? I said, what? And she said, yeah, we can get Sierra to lead the worship. I said, I already got Sierra to lead the worship. <laughs> so she told me that I could share with you uh, what was on my heart for the girls at Her Virtue. And here we are. And it really is just so sweet that Jimmy is here. She's visiting. And I've never seen her before except at Camp Bond and at a Fall Fest this weekend. And it's so weird that I see you today. And Sierra's here and you're all here. And there's a reason for it. And the Lord speaks. He speaks to you. And I can't explain it, but he did tell me those things. He did tell me I was going to speak at her virtue. He did tell me I need to be refined. And he did tell me to ask Sierra to lead. And the only thing I can tell you is you have to come near to somebody to hear them. And it is gentle. And it is something you have to know and you have to, be, and you have to cultivate. But if you want to hear the Lord, you have to draw near to him. So we're going to draw near today, and I'm going to talk about the true vine, John 15. You may be very familiar with this in the Bible, and uh, if you are familiar, I just breathe a fresh revelation on you tonight. And if you're not familiar with it, I hope you can teach me something by the end, okay? So before that, I want to go in to a little bit about myself because you need to know about me tonight. Just kidding, it's a joke. Okay, so a little bit about me. I'm a child of God. I was saved whenever I was six years old. I am a wife, a mom, a daughter, a sister, and a friend to some. Worship leader, selectively. Uh huh. No, I'm just kidding. A worship leader. I am a gardener, mainly flowers. I'm a homekeeper, and I'm a business owner. Currently, I'm a dirty blonde. I'm tall, I'm in good health, and I like to think of myself as kind, friendly, honest, and a people person. What I like to do is put my hand to what God wants me to do. I'm really finding more and more that I really do like to ascend that hill blinded and to not know what is on the other side. I was just telling Rebecca today, I was like, Rebecca, I know I'm going in the right direction, but I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> like, I know I'm obeying the Lord, but I just see grass right in front of me. And it's, it's like encouraging and discouraging. Like my flesh hates it and my spirit's like, keep going. Do you feel me? Yeah, yeah it's terrible. <laughs> um, I like to cook, bake, garden, write music, have tea parties. Anybody like tea parties? We'll feel special and get together and wear silly hats. Okay, um, people are so interesting to me. Like, the Lord is eternal and huge, and we're made in his image. And whenever I get to meet you, I get to meet a piece of him. And I've always just loved people. Um, and I, <laughs> thanks, thanks. I try to remember that when I don't like somebody. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you. You're made in his image, you know? Okay. <laughs> Encourage people to be their best or boss people into their best is what I like to do. But I also wanted to be real with you that my life, like that makes up my life, but there's also things in my life that I don't really like sharing um, unless you know me, right? Like surface level, if you wanted to get to know me, I'd tell you generally those things, but I wouldn't tell you these things. And I just want to tell you a couple life things right now that my dreams, Terry, that I'm waiting on them. Does anybody have dreams that you haven't met yet? 
that they tarry. Yeah. And uh, me and my spouse are currently in the middle of both of our dreams, tarrying. And uh, it's special, y'all. Um, have a tea party for me, and I'll get into details. Okay. Uh, a loved one passed uh, recently. My beloved uncle passed away um, at such a young age. And um, also, you know, it feels like post or 2020 and after, it just feels like harsh lines are being drawn in the sand and you're either on a, on a side of life or you're on a side of death and fear. And I can feel it. It feels like I can tangibly see people more if they are for the Lord or very against him. And um, even though I would say that as a blessing, I am grappling with it right now as I choose the Lord. I didn't, I didn't, ooh. There's weight to his glory. There's a weight. And his burden is easy, and it is light. But it even says when his glory came down and his presence came down when Solomon completed the temple, that even the priest couldn't stand in his presence. And there's just something where the Lord's flattening all the schemes of sin, death, and disease. And we can't even stand because in just this humility of who am I? Who am I? And there's, yeah, there's just such a beautiful thing about it. But what we're going to, you're like, what does this have to do with John 15? I'll get into that. But before I do that, get out your phones or a piece of paper or whatever, and I want you to write an honest list about 2022 you right now. Phone description about you. About you, attributes about yourself, what you like to do, the things you don't want to tell me, your life issues. Go ahead and write them down in your little notes in your phone. Ten points if you have a physical journal. You have like ten seconds. You're going to write your own About Me page. So this is Jesse, 2022, Things About Me. Now you write your About You in your notes. And be honest with yourself. If not, I'll be the honest friend and tell you, no, no, you're missing a few things. <laughs> Just kidding. No, that doesn't line up. Lord, show them who they are. Show them who they are, Lord. Good and bad, show them who they are. We're reaching new horizons today. Okay, um, so how many things... On my list, do you think are constant? And how many things on my list do you think are seasonal? What? Absolutely, the love one passing is seasonal. Well, my answer for you is everything on that is seasonal, except that I'm a child of God. And on the next slide, I want to tell you, before we go into John 15, that everything you do with the constant in your life, or what you do with the constant in your life, is you cling tight to it. You hold close-fisted your identity of who you are, which is child of God. And everything else you do in the season of your life, you hold open-handed. And that is the only way to live. 
It is really hard sometimes to live this way. It's hard for me to think that I'm a wife and tomorrow it could be taken away. And if I hold tight to my identity as wife and it gets stripped, what would I do? I wouldn't have anything constant. I would wither. But if I hold tight to the Lord and hold everything else open-handed, I will still bear fruit. Now let's talk about the biblical context of it. John 15, verse 1. Would you like to join me in the Word, the living Word? Let's go. I told the youth girls that whenever I open the Bible, I pretend like I'm Harry Potter. (laughs) And I quote Psalm 119, 130 and pretend I have like fairy dust. (laughs) This is true. I have a weird mind, okay? And I say, the entrance of thy word gives light. And I just like pretend that fairy dust (laughs) like explodes. But it's true. This is light and life. It says, in the beginning, God spoke and there was existence. And here we are. We're opening up light and life. We're opening up the one thing that you're tethered to, ladies, and everything else is open-handed, okay? Verse one, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Who's speaking? Jesus. Jesus is the true vine. And God the Father is the vine dresser. He is the one that takes us and molds us. And Jesus is the one where we get light and life. God is the one that makes us look good. Jesus is the one that gives us substance. (laughs) Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Who is the branch? Us. It tells us in verse 5. I just didn't want to get there yet, but we are the branches. If you looked at verse 5, we are the branches. (laughs) But whenever I think about that, just stopping right there and knowing where is the true source of life that I hold close-fisted, it is the only source of life. It's Jesus. There is nobody else that gives you life. If you look for it in someone else, what is someone else? What are they? They're Susan. Yes, that's good. They're branches. Are they vines of life? Are they life sources? Nope. Could life be flowing through them? There could be. But are they your life source? No. I also think that you have choices. You have death or life. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it may go away. So if you don't choose to live in the life source, you are just a a heaping pile that is ready to be done. But if you abide in him, what does he say he'll do to you? He'll prune you. So question. Um, Here's my life source. And here's my branches, and I'm open-handed. <laughs> Woo, it looks so good. And in this season of abiding in him, you see that my life had good and bad things, right? It had good and bad things in it. Well, do the bad things produce fruit? It does, if you're abiding in him. 
Do the good things produce fruit? It does if you're abiding in him. Your circumstances do not, is not contended. Your, your fruit is not contended upon circumstances, good and bad. If you're a dead branch or a live branch, you can have good and bad days, right? Do you know people who are not saved that have good days? And you think, that's not fair. They don't even love the Lord. And then they have a bad day, and you're like, oh, no, they don't know the Lord. How do I, right? And then there's a Christian, and you think if they have a bad day, you're like, what did they do? How did they sin? The Lord is constantly like, um, disciplining them. And then if they have a good day, you're like, why them and not me? You know, it's just like this weird thing. But there's only one constant. Are you abiding in the vine? And are you living open-handed? You will have good and bad days. The only thing that tells you if you're producing fruit is if you're abiding in him and his life flows through you. And whatever you have to offer, whatever your branch has, you'll produce fruit. That is it. Season in, season out. Now, if you abide in the Lord and you have a good season and you lived with him and his life flowed through you and you produce fruit, you know what he tells you? Good job. I'm going to cut you back. And I'm only going to keep what you need for next season. So if you have a good season, like me, leading worship, getting comfortable in it, growing in maturity, bearing fruit, and then the Lord says, next season, snip, snip, you're not a worship leader. You're going to speak at two things in a week. If worship leader was my identity, I would have been cut off and thought he killed me. Because that's my identity, right? That's my constant. I'm a worship leader. That's who I am. Wrong. That's a season. That's a season. Yes, I'm still a worship leader. Yes, I'll do it this Sunday. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it looks different, right? Because he cut me back. And if you don't let him cut you back, you know what you're going to do? You're going to try to grow off of a dead branch and put your energy that he wants you into new places to bear fruit, and it's not going to work. You're going to miss out on a greater harvest because you are waiting for dead things to come back alive. Okay? He snipped it off. It's a branch and it's gone. Okay? It's in the pile with the rest of your flesh. Stop it. You only cling to the source of life. Your vine. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Nothing else. Okay. Another thing he told, we're only in verse two, but it's a big image. God is eternal and he has a divine design and we abide in that. And it's the simple things that he tells us his most profound ways. But here we go. You are blessed because you were made alive in the vine. Verse three. You are already made clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Jesus is a vine. He's not a branch. It's like, if you think of it really in our physical mind, it's hard to grasp. But he has every way to be his own vineyard. But he's just the vine. He's just the root source waiting to do the most miraculous thing, and it is to make the dead branch be clean and fitted to become alive. He doesn't make his own branches. His power is waiting for you to be the branch. 
His power is waiting for your obedience to abide in him so that through you, you are the vessel in which he grows fruit. He makes fruit. And how we help each other is not being our own life sources. How we help each other is saying, I abide with the Lord. Why don't you do the same thing? And then two branches make a cuter tree than one branch. It's not about you. It's about the whole tree. It's about God, the vine dresser that says, make the true vine, make the true root, the fullness of me, the bride of Christ is every single one of us. We don't make a whole tree without each other. And if you want to be one branch producing fruit, you will. It will be nice for you. But what about everybody else? You'll be stuck not in a mountain looking at a big picture. You'll just be stuck looking at you, looking at little fruit, and holding on to dead branches that don't produce fruit anymore because you identified with things in your last season that God said, get over it. Jesus said he made you clean. That means the word that spoke everything into existence became flesh and made manifest on earth. And his name was Jesus. And he saved us from our sin, death, and hell. And he rose from the grave. And now there is no authority of sin over us anymore. And he made us clean and fitted us to life. No longer are we dead in our sin. We're made alive because he spoke it to be. Not only are you alive in this world because of the design of God, you are alive in the spirit because Jesus made you clean. And there's no other way to live. There's no other way to live. And the blessing of that is that you can be with God. There is nothing like God. Nobody else created the world. Nobody else designed marriage, people, children, generations, blessing, beauty, other than God. He is set apart, and he is high, and he is above, and he is ruling over everything. And once sin entered the world, we had nothing to do in his presence. Because how could you be in the presence of somebody so holy and so good and so right. So the most miraculous thing in this world is that Jesus made you clean and grafted you into the book of life so that you could even be in the presence of the vine dresser. The reason why I want to paint that picture to you is because the blessing in your life is not the fruit you produce. That is the evidence of your blessing. The blessing in your life is being able to come near to God through Jesus. The the blessing in your life is whenever you're led forth in the Lord and you can ascend a hill. The blessing in your life is that the Lord is your good shepherd, that you're made clean by Jesus, and you can walk in his righteousness all the way to the end and be with him in eternity. And the blessing of God is that you are kept in his love and protection all the days of your life until eternity. And the evidence of that blessing of abiding in him and his life flowing through you is that you produce fruit. Fruit is not your blessing. Your blessing is abiding in Jesus and being near to your father. 
Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. You can't find those things. You just abide in the Father. You come near to Him. And the evidence of Him will be written all over you in the fruit of your season, whether it's good or bad. The only question I'll ever ask you if you're going through something is, are you holding fast to Jesus? Are you holding fast to the true vine? Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, he can do nothing. Abide in him, the evidence of abiding in him and his blessing, you produce a lot of fruit. If anyone does not, verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. The only thing the Lord asks of you is to draw near to him. And then the next thing he says to you is not do something. He just says, ask whatever you wish. So I asked the Lord, what do you mean by ask whatever I wish? Because the lottery is looking pretty good right now, and I would like $1.5 billion in my bank account. And is that what I'm supposed to ask? And he didn't tell me that. What he did tell me <laughs> was to look at Solomon the king of Israel, who was the successor of his father, King David. Is anybody familiar with this story? Well, his father, David, was a man after God's own heart. He conquered everything, and he made the land of Israel settled, and it said that it was at rest on every side. The promised land that God promised in Israel was at rest on every side. And all that his son had to do was come in and rule over God's people who were at rest. So God asks Solomon the same thing. Ask whatever you want, and it will be given to you. Whatever he wanted, he could ask. There was no strife. There was no war. There was nothing against him. The world was literally his oyster. He had all the riches. He had everything available to him. And what he asked God was for wisdom to rule a great people. And God gave it to him. And then he made him really wealthy, and then he got really bad, and he had like a thousand concubines, and things went really bad. And he died, and things got super bad for the generations. But at that one moment, he was very obedient. And <laughs> humans, right? can't live with them. <sighs> but anyways, the Lord just told me to go back to that. And whenever he told me to ask in abiding in him, what I realized is that the Lord, as we abide in him and he abides in us, we have rest on all sides, ladies. 
There is no strife that can come against us. There is nothing that can set us away from the Lord. Uh, We have everything at our fingertips. We have the abundance of the Lord. We are in the presence of the God who created everything. And he is asking us in this moment, what do you want? What do you want? He's asking you today, what do you want? It'll be done for you. What do you really want? What do you really want? It'll be done for you. How will it be done for you? You just abide in me. I'll produce that fruit in due time. Abide in me. What do you really want? And is your desire attached to your one constant? Or is it attached to something that is seasonal, that you should live open-handed? So if God is really your true source, what do you want? God, I want more of you. God, I want more of you in my life. And I want to see what you can do with my broken pieces. I want to see how you can produce fruit in my brokenness. I want to see how you can produce fruit in my feeble body. I want to see what you can do in this season. Lord, prune me. Done. I'm still abiding in you. Lord, show me what I can do in you next season. I'm abiding in you. It's stronger. Lord, show me what I can do. Now, did some of you in your mind not think about that when you asked him anything? You could ask him anything. Was there something seasonal that you just want a little bit more, that you just wish was your life source? Yeah. It was my uncle that passed away. And he was a really good dad to nine children. I think he was a poppy to 16 grandkids. One is due next week. And I just think how beautiful it is that they got to have a loving father on earth. How beautiful it is that they had that and how hard it is to grapple that even though their dad was an amazing man, he wasn't the constant in their life. God always has been. Jesus always has been. And he still has them in the palm of their hand as long as they just abide. And you know what? If they abide, even in their grieving, they can produce fruit. Ladies, it really doesn't matter what you're going through, good and bad. Is your anchor tethered to the Lord? There's only one way of life. There's only one life source. Good and bad, season in, season out, will you produce fruit? Will you do it? Do you know that the blessing is your father, not the fruit you make? Just as my father has loved me, 
and I have loved you. Abide in my love. Amen. We're going to take communion tonight. And Madison told me that she envisioned us having bread and taking communion. I told her my friend Elaine is bring, bringing bread. It might be banana bread. She said, that's fine. I love me some banana bread. And so I brought hamburger buns for communion. And then Elaine comes in with sourdough. I could have just asked her, but I didn't. I'm special. I know. And she comes in with sourdough, and I'm like, Elaine, can I use it for communion? She said, yes. And I said, I'm so sorry it's not at the table. She said, it's better for communion. I was like, oh, I love you. It's fine. And um, fun fact about me, I don't drink alcohol. I actually feel like it's a vow on my life not to. Like, I'm a weird John the Baptist, Nazarite vow. Don't cut my hair. Don't drink alcohol. I don't eat locusts. Okay, this is getting weird. But I bought this sparkling rosé to make a mocktail because me and my daughter like to cheers each other. We just think life is cool, so we're like, ding, cheers all the time. And Madison's like, I envision communion. And I said, me too. I already have the wine, and I have hamburger buns. <laughs> So um, Elaine did us one better, and we're not using hamburger buns. But I want to enter into communion tonight because I want us to do something, which is Romans 10, 9. And um, this verse was spoken by the first lady that spoke at her virtue. Her name's Christy. Her last name is Hellis. Ellis. There's <laughs> I'm sorry. Christy Ellis. Christy Ellis, she um, spoke Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God rose Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. But then she said that her walk of faith is contingent upon her confessing with her mouth and her believing in her heart everything, that over any lie that is attached to her, over any fear that is attached to her, over any disbelief, she confesses with her mouth and she believes with her heart at the same time. Your words mean nothing if you don't believe it. If you mull something in your heart but you don't manifest it in the physical, it has no power. So we're going to confess with our mouths and we're going to believe in our hearts that Jesus died for us, that his body was broken for us, and that his blood was poured out for us. And we're going to believe it tonight. And if there is anything that we cling to that is our constant and it shouldn't be, we say it is dismissed. And we are clinging to Jesus for dear life. And we're going to hold open-handed everything else that is seasonal. Sound good? Before we do that, I don't want to just think that everybody in here has received salvation. And if you have, that's awesome. But if you haven't, I want you to know that there is only one source of life, and it isn't me, hallelujah. We would go down. We'd be like, I don't know. It'd be bad, okay? But uh, really, you can't be by people who are Christians to be born again. You have to cling to the source of life. You can grow together. You can ascend a mountain together. 
You can be rivers together, but from a spring of life that is springing up, but you cannot be a source of life for others. You can't do it for your kids. You can't do it for anybody. You can just model it and say, this is how I go. This is the way you should go. So if any of you do not know Jesus Christ personally as your Savior, that he, in verse clean has verse 3, has spoken that you are made clean, you were once dead in your trespasses, and you are now made clean only because of his blood and his completed works. And you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus raised from the dead because of God. Then you can be made clean. If there's anybody who'd like to receive salvation this evening, will you let me know at this moment? Okay. Okay. And so if everybody, <laughs> if everybody uh, in here is a Christian, that is my only prerequisite to having communion. Communion is a physical representation of what happened to us spiritually, that we are made clean and whole in Jesus. So as we um, partake in the elements, we are all going to, I'm going to play over you while you get elements. We are going to first get the bread together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we're so whenever I get this in a second, and I'll start playing, you can just maybe like in the most orderly fashion is go inward this way, get the bread, and then just go back in your to your seat. And then when everybody has their bread, we will confess together. Okay? Cool. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 